Today is a holiday. It is Memorial Day. And maybe you have enjoyed a picnic or a barbecue. Maybe you've enjoyed some homemade lemonade. How about a nice cup of good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. However, before we get to the good news from a far country, how about good news close to home? I am very encouraged today. Many of you listen to this podcast on Spotify or Google Podcasts or even Stitcher, Audible. These are good platforms and they have been easy for me to work with. But earlier this week, Zyrek Castellino helped me by wading through passwords, internet advice, and photo pixels. And now a cup of good news can be listened to on Apple Podcasts. Shout out to you, Zyrek. Great help and very patient. If any of you need some tech help, email me and I'll send you Zyrek's contact info. What a cool name, Zyrek. That is actually his name. And uh, his assistance has put me in a good mood. As far as good news from a far country, I was thrilled last Friday when I received a boatload of reports from Ukraine. Ever since the Russian army was sent to invade Ukraine at the end of February, both my workload and my emotions have intensified. There was, of course, the initial shock and disbelief that senseless evil, like the world experienced in 1914, could repeat itself today. And then there was the overwhelming sadness and grief as we watched photos of bombing and death in places like Kharkov and Mariupol and watched how those people suffered. I am Gospelink's field director for Ukraine and Gospelink has over 75 men who are being supported there. And I don't know where most of them are. I don't know if they're in danger. I don't know if they need rescuing. I don't know if, if they need funds to help with humanitarian aid. Ah, it's been difficult. If you've listened to the podcast in March, you know that I've had some contact with some of our leaders, but in general, it was chaos, turmoil in Ukraine, evacuation, scramble. And I can't blame them for not hearing from them. I mean, probably the last thing they're thinking of is, oh, I need to write to my American friends and let them know what I'm doing. I cried tears more than once in March. And I thought of Jesus' words to his disciples when he said, I send you out like sheep among wolves. Certainly the video footage displayed the destruction that wolves do to civilians, and to villages, and to people's lives. Then I was faced with a challenge on this side of the ocean, trying to let people know how their preacher was doing. What did his family need? Were they safe? Had they evacuated? I don't even know. And then on Friday, finally, I got my first batch of reports from Zaporozhye. I was so excited.
Now, excitement might not be the right word because these reports were all about war and death and loss. But I just wanted to hear from these dear men, many of whom I have preached in their churches or slept in their homes. For sure, the emotions were mixed. These reports recount tremendously challenging times for these national preachers and their families. Some of their letters had details, and some were generalized, kind of missing details. But God's servants write, and as I read, I can see that our God is not asleep. You see, I've also been meditating on Psalm 46 here in the last couple months, where it says, The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And I'm going to read a report written by Maxime Gruba. I especially was looking for Maxime. He has a young family, and he has been pastoring and evangelizing in Berdyansk. Berdyansk lies right on the Black Sea between Kherson and Mariupol. These cities have been in the news, if you've been paying attention. Berdyansk, right in between them. So every week I was asking my gospel leadership in Ukraine, have you heard from Maxime? Do you know if Maxime has been able to get out with his family? Where is Maxime and what is he doing? No one knew anything. The Russian military took Berdyansk without too much struggle, and I could only wonder and pray until last Friday. Let me read to you Maxime's report. Greetings, dear brothers and sisters. I want to thank the Lord for his protection and guidance, for his help in everything that happened during this period and did not leave us in difficult times. I also thank you for the financial assistance that you provide to my family. Now it is needed more than ever. Gratefulness that you pray for us, for our country. We need it most of all. Our country has suffered great misfortunes that could not even be imagined. It was very hard to go through. The first explosions of two bombs that exploded at the airport not far from our house was at four o'clock in the morning on first day. Our life has been divided into two parts, before the war and after the war. And there were many changes in the life of my family. Three days after first bombing, the invading troops entered our city and to this day, Berdyansk is in occupation. I did not have to panic, but of course there was concern in the family, especially my children. Therefore, this period has been difficult. Even the car accident that I had four years ago, where we almost died, seemed to me very insignificant problem. Now, looking back, you realize God has always been there, and God is leading through all processes. My children were not able to keep going to school. All school directors in Berdyansk have refused to work under occupation as they were required to conduct educational process according to Russian curriculum. 
Therefore, studies are canceled and broadcast of training through internet was also blocked. By decision of the Ministry of Education, children will be issued certificates of completion for their school year, and we hope that the new school year will start as usual. We do not stop praying for victory and peace in Ukraine. The same thing has happened in music school. My Karina was supposed to take final exams, but she studied so good and passed everything on time. Therefore, they have given her completion of music school with honors. I remember watching movies about war, but then you understand in reality how everything is different. At the beginning of the capture of our city, the inhabitants went on strike to show their position and unwillingness to see Russians on our territory. For the first week, the military do not touch anyone, but then demonstrations and demonstrators begin to be dispersed. They are being beaten and arrested. Some businessmen and ordinary citizens have been abducted. Some have not yet returned. One of the big problems is that a big gas pipeline has been damaged, so supply gas to several districts is no more. The city was left without gas and heat. For a month and a half, we had to sleep in our clothes. It is so cold. Then they turn off electricity for three days. It was colder actually inside than outside. There was nothing to cook our food on. And as soon as electricity come on, we cook food for several days. Then there were interruptions of water supply. City pumps and purification filters are not working. The water that does come through is very bad but we had to drink. We even stocked up. We know in Mariupol, which is only about 50 miles from us, there was nothing water at all. And those who did not have time to stock up on water died of dehydration. Therefore, we make water supply, and this has been very useful for us. Of course, there are big food problems in the city. Prices go up for groceries four times, and shortage is immediate. Many big long lines at the stores. Many banks have closed. But those that were working, it was necessary to stand in line, sometimes up to 4,000 people. There is no gasoline at all in city, and if someone can get some or bring some in, price was very big. Just to refuel a car, people had to pay entire one-month salary. So the city is completely froze. Food was not being brought in no fuel, and of course no one is working. Many people are in great panic. However, my wife and I, we pray, and we ask God to show us how we can help people. We decide to distribute some of the groceries that we had managed to stock up before the war and to give them to people in need. By doing this, I begin to earn extra. I don't mean I earn extra money. I started delivering bread to different stores, helping stores bread get, get around. They do not pay me in money. Instead, they give me more bread or a portion of it. They give me butter. They give me grains. I give these groceries to people who have no food. I have very good opportunity to witness to people about God. There was not one single time when I give to people that they do not stop and listen to me share the gospel. One time I was on the street coming home. I saw a mother with child and her appearance and situation looks very not good. 
I did not have any more food left in my car to distribute, but I did have some food I was taking home for my family. I stop, and without asking her anything, I give her package that had some bread, butter, cereals, and eggs. I had been given these for my work. The Lord had not left us, and I gave. This woman could not immediately believe that a stranger was giving her groceries and not asking for money. She burst into tears. I share with her and talk about God's love and how adversity unites people, makes us strong. God has placed us in big situation to learn so many things. So we have been under occupation for more than a month. There's no improvements. There's no internet connection or mobile connection. The Russians, they have jammed all the mobile networks. The city lives like Stone Age, and there is no connection, no gas, only electricity intermittent, bad water, and of course, constant threat of hostilities. My wife Angelina and I begin to pray, Lord, show us what to do next. Show us what you want. Show us how to leave. One day it was very sunny, but it was terrible morning at end of March. We woke up. There was a great big explosion that thundered from the port. This is only about one mile from my house. We realized that big Russian ship with weapons and equipment had been blown up by our Ukrainian troops. It was very eerie. My children were so frightened. They began to say to me, Papa, Papa, we don't want to stay here anymore. We don't want to live in the basement. You see, we go down to basement several times a day until the air raid alert has been raised. For me and my wife, we are praying, and to hear the children cry out is like answer from God that we should not stay in this city anymore. So we decide to leave city. We are going to go at least to Zaporozhye. My church people gave my blessing for us to leave. And this is when God did great things. Before our departure, when we had already gathered everything and prayed right before going on the road, my mother, for whom we have much prayed, always prayed, my mother came and she reconciled with God and she asked Jesus for forgiveness of her sins. We are so very happy. We are so grateful to the Lord for her conversion. It is God's answer to so many prayers. So as we leave Berdyansk, another family goes with us and nine people are in one car. It is a new page in life, begins at that moment. When we arrive at the checkpoint, we are told that today was a green corridor, but the buses that evacuated people from Mariupol through Berdyansk have left an hour ago, and we are late. We prayed, we put everything into God's hands, and we set off. They warn us not to stop anywhere, and that we should try to drive at least 70 miles per hour. They told us not to pull over to the side of the road because things are being mined. After such driving for about an hour, we caught up with a convoy of bus in Tomak. After that, we drive with the convoy all the way to Zaporozhye. This should maybe take three and a half hours, but for us that day it take 11 hours. We had to go through eight Russian checkpoints. Men had to take their shirts off as Russians are looking for military tattoos. Each time they checked all our things, checked our phones. If they didn't like something, they deleted everything without warning. We saw some of the people who had their phones taken away. We also saw one person who did not want to give up his phone and he was shot dead.
The convoy moved very slowly. When driving along the highway, we saw a lot of burnt military and conventional equipment. There were craters from bomb explosions. Some did not explode, but were just sticking in pavement. We drove around a lot of anti-tank mines. At one of the checkpoints, the Russians demanded money. I tried to bargain, although it is very scary to negotiate with people who have guns. We managed to reduce the amount by five times because they asked for very much money. Finally, when we pass all checkpoints of the enemy and finally arrive at the first Ukrainian checkpoint, I have never experienced such a feeling of relief. They did not check us. They only warned us to continue driving with our headlights off so that they would not be able to spot the places of transportation. We arrived in Zaporozhye by midnight. We were met by brothers from the church and escorted to the lodging for the night. My brother called me and offered to go to me to go to western Ukraine, where there is much calmer, of course, no war. We prayerfully approached this proposal, and we decided to agree, because it is only one hour later that two cars are evacuating. We agree, even though I understood the distance to be another 900 miles of driving. This is not easy since I have been driving already for 12 hours and for the last two days we practically do not sleep and now are we going on the road again. But the Lord helped us in this too. You see there was another driver in the car who replaces me. Our way was blessed. There were no breakdowns. There were no accidents. We were fed in different churches along the way and a day later we were in Mukachevo. There too the Lord did not leave us. There was a church that let us stay for a week. They provided us with housing, food, and helped with some clothes. We spent one week in Mukachevo, and then we were offered to go to Lithuania. I have three children, and so Ukraine will let me leave the country with no problems. Here the Lord showed us the way, and again he blessed us with no difficulties. The driver who was traveling with us had to stay behind in Ukraine because he must be available for military service. The condition for this route was the same. We had to travel 720 miles without an overnight stay. At first I was handling it okay, but then I began to fall asleep. The drivers who followed me, they noticed that my car was driving to the side. I was offered to rest for a couple of hours and the driver from another car got behind the wheel. He was able to drive for a couple hours and then I changed him and we drove on. One time we fell behind and got lost. But the fact that we are lost is also no accident because when we stop and ask people for directions, we were able to witness to them about God and how he manifests himself in our lives. One person we also gave to New Testament. When we get to Lithuania, we know it is a former Soviet Union country, so older generation knows Russian well, no problem. We were accommodated at first in a hostel, and the blessings of the Lord continue to follow us to this day. During the time we are getting settled, they find a house for us outside the city, and they give it to us for free. We only have to pay for utilities until autumn. The conditions are so good. Everything in the house is there. Shops are nearby. A pine forest with lakes is nearby. We could not believe our eyes how God could take such good care of us. We never stop thanking Him. Of course, everything is not so easy. 
The assistance provided to us by Lithuanian government will only last for a couple months. During this time, they want us to find a job, take care of learning the language, send our children to school. In general, there will be difficulties and trials. But what we have experienced cannot be compared with these problems. I believe that the Lord will not leave us, and He will bless us and guide us. Of course, there is another side to this story. There is sadness and longing for parents, babushka, dirushka, who stayed home in Berdyansk. We miss our house, where there was still much work to do. My children are missing their cat, which grew up in their arms. Of course, these things will always pull us toward home. We pray that the war will end soon as possible and we will able to return home. We also pray that everyone can return to their homes from Ukraine in general. And although some have nothing left of their house, anyway, there is no dearer place than the place where you have been born. We are now going through the process of adapting. But at the same time, my wife and I continue to share the good news of our Lord Jesus. We always witness about God to whomever we meet. We find out nearby church for them and we invite people to the services. Lithuania is a Christian country, but there are lots of small churches here and it is very convenient for people. We know that God has placed us here not to rest, but to preach the gospel. We have already found a church near our area and we will go to the church and serve there. Our dear sponsors, we sincerely thank you for your prayerful and financial assistance. This is so necessary for all of us, all of Ukraine. We believe that God will highly appreciate the work that you do. Maybe we will never see each other on earth, but in heaven we will definitely meet. We will shake hands. We will hug you. Thank you again for your help and participation in our trials. May you always have a peaceful sky and an abundance of God's grace. I began this episode talking about mixed emotions, but my emotions pale in comparison with the emotions that Maxine must be experiencing in the last three months. I know God will care for those emotions, and He is able to heal the brokenhearted, but we can't do that. But I want to thank the many of you who have participated in giving to Gospelink's Ukrainian Relief Fund. 100% of the money given to that fund is going to Ukraine. Much of it has been used to feed refugees and to pay for fuel to get people out or goods in. Maxime tells about the churches that housed and fed them along the way. And of course, his story is one of literally millions. Hundreds of you have donated, and we have sent those funds to five different regions where Gospelink has a network of national preachers. If you'd like to see photos that Maxime sent, they're on the website, cupofgoodnews.org, cupofgoodnews.org. Maxime even sent me a 30-second video that he took of his family the first night of bombardment in Berdyansk, and how they were secure and stocked down in the basement. Now again, I didn't get this video till Friday. But in a childlike way, the video is kind of cute because Maxime's kids exhibit a kind of excitement. They're sleeping in a bunker with mama and papa as if it were a camping trip. 
Throughout my life, I have prayed to the Lord of salvation for friends and for dear family members. Have you ever prayed, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, bring them to your salvation? I think I have. Though when I say, whatever it takes, I've never envisioned a war in my country. But Maxine Gruba's mother finally repented before the Lord because of a war. She's not alone. Many have called upon the Lord in this time of raging war in Ukraine. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And that, my friends, is good news.